line of scripture, amen, talks about the shepherd and sheep. And uh, we as pastors, we need to understand that, don't we? We're shepherds. We're here guarding the sheep and helping the sheep. And uh, it's an interesting thing. We are a sheep, but we're a shepherd. Isn't that interesting? God's given us a wonderful role. Here in verses 1 to 6, Jesus introduces us to the gatekeeper and the gate for the sheep. The gatekeeper is God the Father. The gatekeeper opens the door to the sheep. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Where is he leading them out to? Out to pasture. Out to go and live life. And go and find sustenance. And uh, face the realities of life. Sheep wandering through the wilderness out in the brush and the fields. Where there are wild animals, enemies, deceit. Jesus was giving us a picture story here of all of life. And the struggles of life. Yet we have the shepherd who goes ahead of us and leads us. What does our 23rd Psalm tell us? He leads us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. What is our third point of our vision? To know and follow Jesus. We're to know and follow this good shepherd that's beautifully portrayed for us here and presented to us. The gatekeeper is his father, eternal God, and Jesus himself is the door. He is the gate. Verses 11 to 18 show us that Jesus is the good shepherd over the sheep. Now this is a contrast about, he's talking about he's the good shepherd. That shows us that there's a, not such a good shepherd. And he talks about here, the hireling. And who is he talking about? He's talking about Satan himself. He doesn't care about the sheep. Satan doesn't care about you and I as the people of God. He's bent to destroy our faith and our walk with God. And he keeps people captured in darkness, keeps their minds blinded by the darkness. They're walking in so-called the Illuminati light of life, and yet it's absolute darkness because it's in opposition to the revelation of God. The Bible The revelation of God revealing who God is. That he created this whole world and he created us and gave us life. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. This word abundantly. How many of you boiled water on the stove and had it bubble over? That's what this word means. Boiling over. Life that's bubbling over. 
And uh, Praise the Lord. I am the good shepherd. What does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is introducing here what he's going to do for the sheep, his followers that he was talking to. And they were getting this uh, an understanding of this. The whole crowd didn't because they were blinded to it. And so we talk, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It's not a one-time thing. Jesus has laid aside his life for you and me 24-7. He's giving his life to you and me. He's pouring out of himself to you and me and to anyone who will call upon him and come to walk with him, listen to his voice and follow him. He was a hired hand and not a shepherd, does not own the sheep. Now Jesus reveals another truth here, that he is the good shepherd and he owns the sheep. He owns you. He bought you with a price. And the Bible says, therefore glorify God with your body and your spirit, which belong to God. The wolf only comes and snatches the sheep, scatters them. He flees. What are we told in the scriptures in the book of James? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And how do you do that? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And that shows us the ongoing action. Keep yourself in the processing of resisting the enemy, the devil. Keep yourself in the process of drawing close to God. God's promise And he will draw close to you. Who do you want to be close to you? No one greater than God himself. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. The good shepherd has a personal relationship with the sheep. He spends time with them. And the sheep need to spend time with him, listening to his voice, watching when he tells you to go to the good food and show you where the quiet waters are, peaceful nights, strength, health for life, the abundance of God's blessing, the peace that surpasses all understanding, all these amazing promises that God has given to us and affords for us. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, here he comes. I'm going to lay down my life for the sheep. This is the one-time offering. This one man, when he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down at the right hand of God, expecting henceforth till his enemies be made his footstool. Here in verse 16, I have other sheep who are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. You know what he was talking about? Us. All the believers who were going to come after that. The other sheep that he also had, that he had to bring into his fold. You and I need to go out and bring those sheep in. That's what Pastor Brad was talking about. Intentionally going out to share our faith. 
Here we're going through this to know and understand the gospel in our head, the gospel truth, and know that I believe it, that I wrap everything in my personality around the truth that Jesus Christ died for his sins, was buried and rose again the third day. Now is ascended to the Father and is coming back for us. But he's told us to occupy till he comes. Do his work. Be his witnesses. Share the gospel throughout the whole world. Sow the seed. Water the word. And watch God produce the increase. You know, we talked about growing, doubling in five years. Praise God. God's leading us to that. Let's pray for that. Let's trust God for that. Let's watch God do that. Amen? That means you're going to have to do some work. As our song said, you're going to have to get beyond our comforts to willingly talk to someone else about our personal faith. You know, and, and when it comes to sharing personal faith, most of us are like Saul's army, scared of Goliath out there. They were scared of the rest of the army. They know they could go out and fight. But they were scared of this Goliath, this great big giant. David wasn't afraid of the giant. He ran to him with a slingshot and five stones. He did what he could, and God did the rest. And as Paul Harvey said, you know the rest of the story. God says there will be one flock and one shepherd, talking about Jews and Gentiles, belonging to one body in Christ, one body of believers, one family of believers from all time. From Genesis 1-1 to the end of Revelation. One family under God. That's you and me and everyone who has their personal faith in Jesus Christ. We are family. That's why we call them brothers and sisters in Christ. From Madagascar, South Africa, Middle of Africa, South America, Australia, New Zealand, and even Antarctica. There are believers in Antarctica. Because this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. Jesus is revealing now here his power. In another place he says, I have power to lay it down, and I have the power and strength to raise it up again. We're told that God raised him from the dead. We're told the Spirit of God raised him from the dead. God, the Father, Son, and Spirit raised Jesus up from the dead to guarantee to us Everlasting life. We don't need to fear the end of life. That's just the beginning. Yeehaw! (laughs) Now catch this. No one takes it from me. Jesus said, no one takes it from me. There's no one who could take Jesus' life. Even when he was talking to Pilate. You don't have any power except it's been given to you by God. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. His willingness, Philippians 2, you know, 1 through 5, shows us his willingness to do this. Even though he existed as God, he emptied himself, became nothing, and took upon himself the form of a servant. And being found in a human body, he continually humbled himself even unto the point of death on a cross. 
That's what our God, Jesus, did for us. Let himself willingly be limited in the scope of what he could do while he was in the human body, but still demonstrating the power of God in a life that's lived for the glory of God, lived in righteousness and pure holiness, because he knew no sin. He did no sin. He had no sin in him. He was perfect. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. This charge I've received from my father. Father charged him with this. Verses 19 and 20 show us there was a division. Ah, oh, this man's crazy. He's possessed by a demon. He's insane. We as God's people are being called people with mental disorder because we talk to God and we hear the voice of God speaking to us. I heard a voice yesterday afternoon right in my ear here. It said, low battery. <laughs> it, does, it does that three or four times. Then it says, change battery. <laughs> Click. But notice the division of the crowd. Others said, these are not the words of one who's oppressed by a demon. Can a deepen open the eyes of the blind? As Nicodemus said, Master, no one could do the works you do except God is working through him. Now notice, this is the time of year. At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple in the colony of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you. You did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness about me. Because what was Jesus fulfilling? What the prophet Isaiah said? That's what he shared when he first started his ministry. The Spirit of God was upon me to share this gospel, to bring healing, and to reveal truth. You do not believe because you're not part of my flock. You're not there yet. You haven't believed. And so Jesus is revealing an awesome truth. How do we get through that gate? Because Jesus is the gate, the door for the sheep to get into the sheepfold. The only true and living way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father by me. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins. For there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Only one way to get into God's eternal kingdom. And that's by personal faith in Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now verses 27 and 28. These are the very first verses that I memorized as a 16-year-old teenager, one month at knowing Jesus as a personal Savior. 
one month from the day I received Jesus, I was went to vacation Bible school last week in August 1965. I went there to go to a class. I come walking in and the pastor meets me at the door and says, Hi, Phil, glad you're here. Come with me. You're, you're teaching the beginner's class. And he handed me the book. And here I am with four and five-year-olds. Praise the Lord. What a delightful bunch. They're still my best buddies. The four and five-year-olds. I love them. They're so much fun. But to walk them through these lessons about the Good Shepherd that week. And to memorize these verses. And we memorized these verses. Four and five-year-olds memorized these verses with me. They helped me and I helped them. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father who gave them me is greater than all. And no one is able to pry them out of his hand. So here's Jesus. We're in him. In his hand. God the Father has his hand over it. No one. Absolutely no one. Nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. No one can take us away from that personal, everlasting relationship. That's what's so amazing about this great gospel truth. The gift of everlasting life. It's not temporary life. It's not part-time life. But it's everlasting life. Lasts forever. Praise the Lord. Then, verse 30, Jesus made this profound statement. I and the Father are one. God is one God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus was, and the the Jews' response was, was proper, which we're going to see here in just a minute. Jesus was saying, I am equal with God the Father, whom you know. What happened? The Jews picked up stones to stone him. They wanted to kill him. This was their reaction to Jesus. I am one with God the Father. I'm equal to him. Jesus answered them, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? Jews answered him, It's not for a good work we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy. Because you, being a man, make yourself God. He didn't make himself God. He was revealing that he was God in the human body. All the miracles, all the things that Jesus did, all the touching of Pila healing them from every manner of disease and sickness, opening the eyes of the blind, raising from the dead. Only God has that power. Remember the band that came to God? Good Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus asked the question, why are you calling me good? There's no one good but God. And what Jesus was saying You recognize that I am God, don't you? That's why you're calling me good? The people could sense that. Except for those who were blinded 
by their restricted way of thinking, not understanding the word of God. Jesus said, search the scriptures. Because you think that just because you have them, you have everlasting life. But these scriptures are the very things that testify concerning me. So Jesus is the gate for the sheep. The Father's the gatekeeper. Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. We find that Jesus is also the guardian of the sheep. So what you need to ask yourself is, is Jesus your good shepherd? Do you know him personally? Have you made a commitment of faith to him and said, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. You were buried and you rose again the third day. I accept that as my only remedy for this sin that's inside of me. This propensity to do wrong. And God calls it evil. Is Jesus who is called the Christ your only hope for salvation? The gift of everlasting life? Today, if you hear his voice, now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. If you have never received Jesus as a personal Savior, right now is no better time than to do it. And just simply say, God, I recognize I'm a sinner and I need this. God, I recognize that Jesus died for me. Bring that into my heart and life and make it real. Then, what are sheep supposed to do? The shepherd leads the sheep. Sheep are supposed to bear offspring. Who are you bringing to Christ? Who are you going out and intentionally seeking? Leroy Ames in his book, The Last Art of Disciple Making, challenged us who are you discipling? Since Jesus told us, go make disciples. Who are you investing your life in? In prayer. Spending time with. Desiring them to know Jesus Christ as you do. And as the people of God do. That they may come. Bill Bright said, discipleship is taking the power and the initiative in the Holy Spirit to share the gospel of Christ and then to walk with that person till they can reproduce themselves. That's discipleship. Someone reproduced you because they interacted with your life. They invested in you. They prayed for you. They shared God's truth with you. They walked with you till you found Jesus. And then they brought you to a church where you could continually walk to a place where you can reproduce yourself. Who are you reproducing in? Who are you sharing the seed of God's word with? Who are you watering the seed of God's word with? And watch God bring the increase. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the gate. You are the good shepherd. You are our guardian. And thank you, Father God, that you are the gatekeeper. And you watch over us. And your son, as he pursues the people of the world, 
that all those who are lost in darkness might see the light of the glorious gospel of Christ and believe in their hearts and turn and be saved eternally. God, empower us, strengthen us, challenge us in our hearts to find out how we can share this gospel that we know. And Lord, help us to take advantage of those opportunities to take this gospel to our friends, our neighbors, and our acquaintances. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.